Watch who? And welcome to Two Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Watching for the very first time. Very first time. And here we are, just along the banks of the Thames. <laughs> I haven't got anything this week. I mean, we could have, if we'd known, uh, we could have recorded when we were actually along the banks of the Thames in London a few weeks ago. Could have. We could have released a little intro or something, couldn't we? But no. Which Resurrection of the Daleks this week? Did you watch it in two in the end? I did. I did it over two days. And actually, oddly, I found it easier. It being like 45 minutes. I found it easier it being longer, but two. Because it's, it's basically like, it's like watching episodes one and two and then three and four. And how recently have you watched? Only because obviously last week with Frontios... We <laughs> had some Yeah, no, no, no. This issues. was, I finished it on Friday. I watched okay, the last nice. one Friday. So I did Thursday and Friday. And then, because I knew I wouldn't be able to watch it Saturday and I knew we were going straight into this Sunday. So it's, it's but I have watched the latest Doctor Who since then. Oh, what, as in The Giggle? No, 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 the third one. Yeah. Like oh, last night. Yeah, one. it was the giggle. Sorry, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, so you have seen it because I was going to say, as we are recording, that last one has just gone out. So, like, and I had a moment watching it where I was like, you can't mix anything that you've seen in here with what you watched the other day. They have to be separate entities in your head. Well, yeah, no, it was good. I mean, the toy maker stuff. Well, also news: the animation of the '60s toy maker story has been announced. It is coming oh, out. Ah, is it? That's exciting. I should, oh, I should have showed you the um, the trailer for it. It's weird animation. It's like... Well, I have seen it, I think. I think someone showed it. I think I saw it on a Twitter thing when people were talking. And I just presumed that they were talking about because it was coming back. And I actually thought it was a fan-made animation. I didn't realise that was the official one. Yeah, I'm not... It's a different kind of style. Where they've, taken, they've gone, obviously, because that... I mean, we weren't that impressed with the original one. With all like the games and stuff, it was a little bit boring. But they've gone a bit sort of cartoon style, and it's going to be all a bit more over the top and everything. So I mean, it is it is coming out, so it'll be interesting to watch. So it's uh, everyone's talking about the toy maker at the moment. Who would have thought? Which is, do you know what? In a way, I was thinking about it while I was watching it, and it had like the throwback to the original one stuff like that. And I thought it's it's just such a lovely idea for the sixtieth because that character has not returned what i'm aware of but i'm sure you said i'm sure at the time you said he's not returned so this character from so long ago from the first doctor to come back and also it was just so much fun and it like it's such a fun villain to have the spice girl scene floored me oh yeah yes i mean william hartnell would not have expected that in a, <laughs> in a future series and there was a lot more of the new Doctor in it than I realised. Yeah, so. what a new, new Doctor. I mean, we can talk about it, can't we? Because like, by the time this comes out, people who are... Yeah, back- yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like, I was like, are we holding back on something here? Um, I really liked the idea of the split, and I wanted to know what you thought of it. Uh, well, it's obviously quite controversial on Twitter. Most people, most people like it, I think. It's, well... I think it opens up for so many things 
And that's really exciting. It is, yeah. I it's, In terms of spin-offs and things like that. That's the, feel, that's the thing. That's the first thing that I thought of. was like, oh, they're doing that because it, it more of like a in a cynical way they're not really doing it for the story they're doing it for franchising and licensing and spin-offs and that we can set other things up later on but this is definitely setting the future for all the disney stuff but what's interesting so like i think since then i've seen a few things about cuz i watched it about an hour and a half after the broadcast i couldn't be there for the time so i kept off everything i was like i'm going to have to watch this because there'll be too many spoilers. So I sat and watched it. And there's a lot of things about like Russell T. Davis losing his partner. And there's because it, it shows you that Christmas Day episode where he's in a club dancing. And someone found this clip from his um, uh, Desert Island Discs where he talks about he met his partner in a club and they met eyes. And they're like, if you could go back to any time and you go back to that time. And I don't know, I, I felt like there was a lot of... Um, I think it's nice that he got to keep this person alive. He had the option, because you can write whatever you want, you're a writer. And he chose to keep this doctor alive and to have a happy life and a happy ending rather than... And it's not to say that the previous ones aren't. I just think for the David Tennant one, I mean, what was his last words were like, I don't want to go. And then we've just got this, this sort of unusual happy... That opens up to so much, but also... I don't, and it's kind of like the uh, the therapy, <laughs> all because all the other doctors previously they've all had these sort of the more recent ones they've all got these guilts, haven't they of what they do their time and it sort of gives it a complete restart refresh to be like we've dealt with this. Yeah, it's a clever way of doing a reboot without doing a reboot. Exactly, and it's really clever. I don't know. I just I thought it was really fun and interesting and like and just so and like i was like if you're gonna do it if you're gonna do things different you know if i can do them different and do it how you want and like i don't think i mean i know i read afterwards people sort of said like there was talk of that sort of split thing i didn't expect it at all and i loved it and then you got to see them interacting with each other brilliant like it just so fun and that's what i've well, these last three episodes have been is fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it's brought um, back the sort of the history and the joy because as well, I, I've not seen a lot of the newer stuff. I have seen bits and pieces, and it's always felt so dark and like heavy, heavy stuff. You know, I mean, and it is. It's a series about like sci-fi and life and death and the world coming to an end. Quite often, this has just felt like such a a breath of fresh air. It look it's looking forward. It doesn't look too bad because we've done. You know, I mean, you know, even the anniversary ones that we've done, they yeah. all meet up. It's all the past stuff. Everyone comes back, and they didn't really do that. I mean, we didn't get a Susan in the end after no. people were expecting that or anything like that. But actually, no, you don't. It's a perfect way to, yeah, to look forward and also, yeah, re- slightly reboot for what's what, coming up. And we had like, like last season, you had the the Ian moment. Yeah, you know we have those. It loses its impact to have it all the time, and I think this just felt like a really lovely way to give something to the fans and those things of like, and he has this happy ever after. But then we can look to the future, and he can enjoy it because he knows it's in the hands of himself. <laughs> you know, 
And then also the potential of spin-offs. I mean, he said apparently like he will not, David Tennant won't be back. Oh, right. Okay. He has said well, that. But I think what it opens up for is some potential Donna stories. I mean, Donna, being I know she now works for UNIT. There's some nice UNIT on 120k a year, five weeks holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There'll be there'll be a unit. Everyone's saying there's a unit spin-off at some point. So, yeah, there's I mean, gotta it, be. And there's some real they've set up some really great characters there as well. I like the idea that companions could come back and be working for units. That means previous companions can come in and like have storylines in it as part of supporting unit there's it it opens up so much which is surely as a fan i mean isn't life boring if we love everything yeah yeah no but i i'm i'm happy to take it as it is and that's that's what it is that's what happened i don't hate it i don't i don't mind it at all so it's fun yeah let's go back let's go back to 1984 (laughs) (laughs) where we actually are right now and to Resurrection of the Daleks. Um, so yeah, I watched this on iPlayer actually, and I forgot it was in two. I was I was like, it was coming up to like where I know episode one usually finishes, and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot it's two forty-five minute episodes. Mm. So this one, I had this really early on video. It was like one of the first ones I got on video. So it was the first like Tegan and Turlo story I saw. I've watched this a lot, yeah, a lot, a lot. This one. Can we just jump to the end? And, yeah, well, okay, yeah. I did not expect that. No, it's quite sudden. I didn't expect it because normally when it's a companion's last episode, they have a lot more to do. And she was just on a bed most of the time. Yes, she was, wasn't she? Yeah. She really wasn't. So from that point of view, I really wasn't expecting it. But in terms of, like, her arc and story, the last few... I mean, I've commented on it. The last few episode she's like oh i want to go back to where i'm moaning a lot and her exit i thought fit where her head was and what the character heard's been like when it's no longer fun stop mm. it i thought that fit really well because we're no, not it's... we're mid-season i don't know where we are in the yeah. season we're mid-season yeah. i'm guessing we still have turlo in his school uniform yeah yeah it's well okay there's a lot of characters in this there's a actually. lot and, and I'll be honest, on. there were times when I didn't keep up with it because of how many characters there were. Okay, well I'll try. I'll try and explain. <laughs> I got the well, general. Quite... I got the whole like what was going on and like you know hmm. when people turned to being, but there were so many characters. I was kind of there were points where I was like, have I seen that person before? What were they doing in the last thing? There was just so many to keep track of, and also I think this is one of those. So. It reminded me a little bit, and maybe it's just because it's a Dalek one, but the the second Dalek story when they come up through the water in London. Oh, Dalek Invasion of Earth. I thought it was Invasion of Earth, and I didn't say it just in case. I had that in my head. It reminded me a little bit of that in terms of, like, the threat, the number of characters and things. But Invasion of Earth, because it was spread out longer, it gave mm. you more time to, like, follow and digest. And I think that was maybe the only flaw for me of this being 45 minutes is everything was so compacted. What would have been over 15 minutes was into like 45 or mm. yeah, nearly an hour was compacted to 45 minutes. So it, it felt a bit more those moments. I like the pace, but with that many characters, it felt a lot. It does go at quite a pace. And what I noticed about it this time is how quite, 
like gloomy it all is. Yeah. And how darker it is. And we had that a bit last week with Frontios, where it was a bit more. You don't notice it so much, but if you go back to like last season, where there was like the Mara and the Snake, you know, the, just the look of it, but also the tone of the script, like it's darker in tone on in both aspects of production and script because it's the lighting's got a bit better, but the way the characters are, it's all very grim. And I love on this spaceship. If we just start with the spaceship stuff, where it isn't all sci-fi flashy stuff. It's nothing's working, like the door's not working. Everyone's in a bit of a bad mood because you've got that you've got um that guy that's like new on the ship and she's showing him around and she's like, Oh yeah, welcome to the you know, enough uh and they're all complaining about stuff and it's all just very like everyone's just really pissed off and in a bad mood about yeah. everything. I, I just I don't know, we haven't really had stuff like that before. It's a different way of writing sci fi. And I quite like that, though. It's a bit more realistic. It's a bit more gritty in a way. And they've still got, like, you know, guns that make silly sci-fi noises and stuff. But it's, I don't know. It just feels a bit more like reality. Like, actually, this is what it'd be like. Not everything works. The doors don't work. I, I really enjoyed the intro of, like, meeting those characters, being in the prison. And, like, I, I enjoyed that, too. This is probably, apparently, this is one of the, like, highest like death counts there's like 76 deaths over this in this story really more than like i can imagine there's that a, there's lot. a lot of death because you've got like everyone you meet everybody dies apart from the dr teague and turlo and Lytton. Yeah. everyone we meet like and you've got those people at the beginning you know with the you know in the green with the hats yeah 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 that crew and they're like oh we're being attacked and she's sitting there smoking you wouldn't get her, you know on the side she's she's sitting there you know smoking going yeah you know da, da, da. and then they start getting attacked and everything and so many people just die straight away in that first attack they do they, yeah. you know it's just all going on and i don't know if you recognize that uniform with the as i say like the little triangle hat and the green thing because in it's a sin yeah you know he goes and has a he goes and has a job oh, at, yeah. on Doctor Who. That's this is the story they recreate oh. with the Daleks and he's wearing that outfit. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, I know exactly what you mean. So they recreate that sort of Dalek attack bit at the beginning. Uh, I call them the Burger Crew. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> you know. Just talking about the cast as well, you've got some good names. So you've got Rula Lenska. I don't know. Do you remember Rula Lenska? You might remember from Celebrity Big Brother with the cat. Say that again. I might remember from Celebrity Big Brother because of what? You know when, uh, you know that guy who pretended to be the cat? Oh, yeah, yeah, George, what's his name, yeah. Yeah, well, she was, it the was woman. her, he was she... being the cat. <laughs> you might remember that's... from such programmes as Celebrity Big Brother playing the cat. But that, Yeah, so that's her, she's the one in white, the Yeah, episode. the cat owner, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't believe this. How long has the station been in this state? Since regular inspection ceased, the place is falling to pieces. Huh. And you're seeing it on a good day. If you wanted to see everything spick and span, you shouldn't have asked for a transfer to a prison. Ruler, you know what? Fuck off. Today, you've really got on my nerves. Go and clean your dirty towels. Come out the bathroom. Do this. Why are you wearing that? Just get out of my face. You're not my mother. My tour of duty finishes here in eight weeks. I'm dependent on a good report from the captain for my next promotion. There's got some like good sort of 80s names in there. This always confused me as a child watching this. I could never understand. So they do land in 1980s Earth because you see the bridge at the background and the buses going past, but it's like a deserted sort of part of London. 
And because you got that opening with like space people and stuff, I was like, this is it with Doctor Who. You're like, is it intentional or is it just like a production thing that they yeah. bought in the 1980s? <laughs> and I just could never, why are they like talking like they're stuck in the middle of nowhere when you can just walk down the road to like a bus and stuff? I don't know. It just really confused me. I was like, where actually are they? And all of that part of London, we should have gone there actually. That's all like, it's very recognizable. Right, then you're sending me to a bloody <laughs> protest zone. <laughs> so all of that, that bit, that shot with all like the sort of girders and everything where those people are running, that's all still there, but it's all like restaurants and estate agents and stuff. It's a really nice part of London now, but obviously back then it was just all actual disused places. So that's really, it's really nice. I recommend going there and having a look around. Yeah, so we've got the time corridor thing happening. Then they meet, what's they meet? That guy, what's his name? Hold on. You meet a lot of people. You meet the guy so outside Stein. the door and he's like, well, oh, you can't go in there. And uh, he's injured, yeah. isn't he? Like, it's all very mysterious, but they go in anyway, obviously. Mm. And then and then within like a two minutes, Turlo's missing. But I like between, you go between the spacey stuff and the more sort of earthy stuff. There's enough going on there. And, you know, people like Rula Lenska, she never meets the Doctor. There's loads of people that don't actually interact. They have completely separate storylines throughout. But the Burger Crew are (laughs) under attack because obviously we've got the Daleks coming through. So the Daleks are on quite early. That's quite a good scene. And it's quite, again, it's the tone of this is what really stands out. And there's this gas. And then you see it's quite graphic when there's, like, all the people, like, getting stuff on their face yeah. and everything so and when that was something that like because we see that happen when they're on the ship i couldn't work out if that was just them down or if that went somewhere else because i just remember seeing it in that early well what was the first episode or whatever it would have been first second and then we don't really see it again it doesn't really go anywhere did i miss something with that well i think it's just attacking they just put the gas out to just try and yeah, I, I think it is forgotten, isn't it? Because yeah, they all put their helmets down. That, that's what I mean. That's what I meant by, like, sometimes I'd be following things and I was like, have I missed something? Or is that just, like, now forgotten about? It was really effective. And I thought, is that something that we're going to see continuously? And by the time I watched the second one, I was like, I don't think I've seen that again. But I haven't seen that again. I haven't missed that, have I? No, no. Okay. I, you've just That's just a plot point that I've never realised before. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but it looks cool it looks cool with that initial it looks attack. really cool and, but you get those two characters that go off they're like we've got to get rid of the prisoner which the prisoner is Davros and that is so graphic when he turns around he's like what's happened to me and he's like fingers coming up and he's all like covered yeah. and so she shoots him and then she gets proper shot and killed straight away so even in those you know first like 10 15 minutes you follow these characters you think they're going to be our characters of the week and they're just all just gone already you know so it's i don't think we've had something like that that's just so violent and we've had doctor who being criticized for like violence and stuff before but i feel like this is a new version of that coming in now where actually we we wouldn't have had this like last season i can't see any of this happening last season because even like when they're being shot, they're like screaming and like I don't know. It's just everyone's just falling down straight away in this. Even that opening scene, those policemen are like shooting loads of people down. Everyone's just being shot down all the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just 
I didn't really realise that at the time, but watching it again, I'm like, oh, actually, I can see why people were criticising this. And this is not that kind of violence. You know, with the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker stuff, that was a different kind of violence. Because there was a, I don't know, there was like stuff where he was like drowning and things like that, or Leela being attacked by a rat or something. This is more like in the real world violence, I feel. I know you feel the threat of it. I just find it a really interesting um, notion that these humans have decided to join with the Daleks. Well, see, did you pick up on... So we've got Davros. He's been frozen. Yeah. And the last time we saw Davros with uh, the fourth Doctor Romana, he got arrested and frozen. So he's been frozen all this time. Mm. Because you know the those disco robots, the Mavellans, in all in white, and they had, like, the hair... Yeah, yeah. So the war's been going on. So whatever's happened, the Daleks have lost the war. So that's when Davros wakes up and he's like really shocked that the Daleks haven't won. So then you've got Lytton, who is like policeman guy. Oh my god! And when he's the guy, this is that's the worst thing. Those Dalek helmets that they've got with the sort of Daleky bits sticking out. I mean, I don't know why did they decide to do that. Anyway, so he's working for well, the so you Daleks. Can clearly, see that whose side they're on. That's why. <laughs> yeah, There's I know. So many fucking people in this episode. You know <laughs> what side people are on. So you've got Daleks versus Davros. Now they want him for whatever reason. So they're coming to. Well, they want him, him to fix them and make them. And he wants. He knows that like things could be changed. They're their own worst enemies. And I get that some people have been brainwashed and stuff like that, but that people would like willingly, as humans, be part of like supporting the Dalek army. Because Lytton, yeah, he's a he's a bit of a you don't really know what his motivation is because he's pretending to work for Davros, and then he's not because he's actually working for the other Daleks. But is he working for the actual Daleks as well? You know, you like. I just found it a really happening. interesting concept, which has never been explored because it's always been these guys against the human race, and then at some point during this war. They have decided to, some have, whether that's through choice or whether it's through, because like obviously they have the mind thing, but they must have been willing to do that in order to be swept in with it because the he says, like, you've just got to go with it and it makes this less painful. I don't know. I just, I found that, I thought it's a really interesting concept that we haven't had that I can think of yet with the Daleks. Like, it's always just been them versus humans. And during this war, the, like they they know they need the humans, and these humans are working with them. It's really interesting. And we've got not, we haven't got too much Dalek because we don't like a lot of Dalek talk. There are only enough, I think. Yeah, they are enough. And I don't know if that's because it's just the two episodes, and that makes it easier to like accept and digest. Well, we've it got- does make me think, though. Actually, sorry, I'm jumping around to modern stuff now a little bit. We knew it was the Daleks because it's literally in the title, right? And I think of like what we've had recently where they'll release the titles and everyone's like, what does that mean? What could it be? Working it out and stuff. And I don't know at what point that changed. I'm guessing just in a new series rather than the old stuff where they started like, like unless it's like a Christmas one where you want it to be the big Dalek story and you're being really obvious. But there's times like where it's fun not to know who's going to be there. And it like, you know, because you get these names of these episodes. I'd have loved that whole thing to have started and then we meet the Daleks and that be like, oh my gosh, and then here they are. Especially for such a short story that's like mid-season. I would have enjoyed more not knowing they were there and then the surprise of them being there. I don't know, what what what's this one called again? The 
resurrection of the Daleks. Even if it had just been called like the resurrection or like um It was well, it was originally called the return. Yeah. That I mean like I, I think that's much more interesting or some like in terms of what does that mean? Because they are so great and iconic. And then when you do see them, but every episode title has their name in. So it's never a surprise. No, but I like it's... But in I the like same way that where... a Cyberman could be a surprise yeah. or some other classic villains that we've had. Sorry, carry on. But they say about, oh, we've got to get the prisoner and they're pressing around with the buttons. And you, the first you see of Devros is just sort of in the background behind that screen. And you don't always notice him until then it's that reveal. And it's a new Davros, a new mask, new costume, new actor. Much better than what we had before because we did not like the previous No, one. he was really good. And also, it made me think, I was like, because it's made really clear from early on that there's only one um, prisoner on the ship because he says, like, if something goes wrong, shoot the prisoner or release the prisoner or whatever. So you know that there's only one person. So this entire ship exists, this entire prison, just for Davros floating in space. That's crazy. And then Davros doesn't want to leave. He's like, no, I'm working here. I'm not me- moving. Yeah, yeah, he's having <laughs> a great time. He's like, I've got my cyber suit. I'm great. <laughs> no, Because I think he was... Because I think they were thinking, we're going to get him, get him on the ship, off we go. But he's like, no, I'm working here. He's sort of doing his own thing, taking over people slowly. He and then, he needs but then a we... chamber or something? Because, yeah. He needs a, like a laboratory and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Lab, not laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely heard lavatory. <laughs> but yeah, sure. Well, this well, this comes up talking to modern stuff again, going there again. So, did you see all this Davros controversy recently? A because... little. I've seen a little bit. Again, I've I try and like not go on too much because, especially when up to a series, I don't want to be like spoiled of any other things because I think people tell me off. But I have heard only through like other people, like after the episode, and they've gone, Oh, have you heard about this? Mm. And it's a whole like he's not gonna be in a wheelchair anymore or something. So they did is they did a little children in need bit with David Tennant and Davros and it was I've seen it. I got yeah, yeah. So then yeah, so Rusty Davis is basically saying we wanna bring Davros back, but Society has moved on, and there's a problem with Davros that he's a wheelchair user who is evil, and they have problems with that. Uh, so that is why Davros will not be as we know Davros going forward. Do you know what I find really interesting about that? I never thought of Davros in a wheelchair. Well, this is the thing. I until he said that, so it's not. In the this was in an interview after the episode went out. If he hadn't have said that in an interview, nobody would have. Everyone would have thought, "Well, that's Davros like before." But no, I always thought it was because he was sort of half Dalek. That's why he's. I just presu- I presumed he was really old, and as his body was decaying, he created this. Yeah, it's like a life support. Himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. In the same way that Stephen Hawking used to communicate through yeah. a screen, yeah. I just presumed that he'd created this so that it would maintain his life so he could do what he wanted to do. And I presumed it was a machine. I never, but I never thought of it as a wheelchair. But I mean, no, technically it is. 
I mean, he's a character yeah. that sits in something, it moves him. It's how he communicates and controls his environments around him. But it's fascinating that, like, I never thought of it like that. No, no. And there's, I've seen on Twitter some people are like, I'm disabled, yeah, this is great. Or also, I'm disabled, and I've never thought of it like that either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so but it's there must a, right been, across the spectrum. It must be that they've obviously because I reckon it's come from because obviously they've had people. I mean, they've they've installed a wheelchair ramp now on the TARDIS. Mm. Great. Yeah. So like we've seen that. So I reckon that they've had conversations with having an actor with a disability on the show. They've had those conversations probably about well, what would what was it, and it's maybe come out of something from that where they've gone, oh, we hadn't thought of that because again, it's probably just one of those things that no one's ever thought about unless you're impacted by it, and it's probably come from some sort of like training thing, conversation around it, and then it's made people think. I mean, we would think that though because we we're not in wheelchairs, we're able-bodied people, so you, unless someone is in our wheelchair. I wouldn't think they're in a wheelchair, but if you if you live in a wheelchair, you might see it differently. Very interesting. But then it's also funny that I think I saw on Twitter there's a guy who is in a wheelchair who dresses up as Davros and goes to conventions and stuff with all that and everything. Yeah. And he was a bit annoyed. He's like, well, <laughs> that's sort of taken that away from him in a way as well. So I don't know. It just you can't. You cannot. Not you can't everyone, please but... anyone. Or everyone. Yeah. You can't please anyone. Yeah. You can't please everyone. Yeah. I remember, I mean, it, it's kind of the same, but it's not the same. But, like, I remember having the conversation around, um, so in work we were using the term um, global majority. And I remember, like, saying this term to one of my friends who's black, and he was like, I hate that term. And this has come from, in my world of the arts, like people who were black and they were like, we identify as a global majority. And he was just a regular person who is black. And he was like, oh my gosh, I've never heard that term before. And I was like, have you not? That's that's interesting that you've not heard that because that is literally being used throughout everything in my industry right now. And he was like, I could not hate that more if I tried. Like he was like really angry about it. Not at me, at like this term and we were trying to get i was like like i want to know why like what is it about it and he was like because it's he's like oh right it's right but in this terms of the uk it's false we're not a majority and but you, he was like globally of course we're, but he's like but even then not really he was like because there's other he was like that it's such a messy thing and also this whole idea of like pigeonholing people in itself is a thing I, like why we have to do that in itself is a question but apparently society we do we have to like all be identified and all be like pigeonholed to what we are and we can't just all be people and that be that um it was a, he was a, but, it, but he was like it's because we have inequality that we have to do that to point these things out it's like a whole messy thing he was like but that term he was like i really hate that so he's like never use that term in front of me and i was like that's fascinating to me because that term exists so people like you can feel access to it and you're like, that term is horrific. That And it's it, fascinating because you've got to please everyone. I was like, and also what's interesting, sorry, I'm really on this now, um, but it's even more complicated in Wales because there's no Welsh version of stuff like that. It should be, the Welsh government are working on it at the minute because there's no Welsh language. So a really old term would be BAME but you don't use BAME anymore. But BAME doesn't exist in the Welsh language because obviously it's an abbreviation of an English term. 
there's nothing in Welsh for anything like that or even like they don't exist there's no term and it has to be led from welsh government so they're doing like loads of work into like you know ways of identifying but like it means what it means in wales is like we're in a really weird you can cut all this by the way (laughs) no no it's interesting (laughs) but we're in a really weird strange environment where people are like using their own terms to empower and like use there's nowhere to lead from because the Welsh language, it doesn't exist at this point. Well, it does, but there's nothing like official. It's really, it's a fascinating, they're working on it. Yeah, I think Rusty Davis can do, if he can do anything, you know, he can, I think he's doing it in the right frame of mind, isn't he? Oh, and completely. It doesn't change the character at but, all, does but it? But also, so, it's, it's just, you're completely right. He can do whatever he wants. That is the beauty of being able to come in and be a writer. And you get to do what you want with these characters. And I think why fans love Russell T. Davis is they know it comes from a place of love because he's such a fan. Like, it comes from someone who is such a fan and loves the show that a lot of people are like, even if they don't, like, get it, they're like, but it's great for the franchise because look at all these great stories we're getting. Even if it's not something that I get, it's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of love of the show and these characters and these things and that's the best place you can come from and but you can write whatever you want like there's that video going around of him being like when people comment on it he's laughing it's almost like he knows himself he knows he knows what people are going to say he knows what people are going to say and i like in that in the giggle as well when everybody is like right he's just commenting on like twitter and karen's and that's what everybody got turned into and also it's quite funny when kate lethbridge stewart she took the thing off and went, you know, when on a rant and everything. And she had a rant at uh, the lady in the wheelchair for like standing up, being like, "You, you're standing up, blah blah." blah you know, in that fir- in the Star Beast episode, yeah, when she crossed, when she her, crossed leg. her legs, yeah. and everyone on Twitter were like, blah, blah, blah. "It's exactly he's pre- like." So interesting about that because I got sent something from a friend who'd watched it and was like, "Oh, but have you seen this?" And I. And I hadn't commented straight away because I'd seen it, but I was busy. I was working. And then an hour later, they were like, oh, I've just seen something else. Ignore what I've just said. And, I, <laughs> and then I was like, you do know the actress is in a wheelchair. Like, it is 2023. There's no fucking way they're casting someone in a wheelchair that's not in a wheelchair. <laughs> like, yes. That would not be happening. She's also quite a well-known actress. We're in 2023. They're not going to not cast someone that doesn't need a wheelchair in a wheelchair. That's just not going to happen, right? Which is, well, there. And then, obviously, everyone that's played Davros have, hasn't been a wheelchair user so far. Yeah. So It's, you know, and, and also, he's not stupid, Russell T. Davis. This is a show that is on primetime Saturday night TV on the BBC and now worldwide, right? It is like a prime spot. It's a Saturday night show. If you can get as much in the same way that like like on Strictly when I've forgotten her name, I want to say Anne, the deaf contestant was in that and it completely opened up because she was she danced. So that, that was last season. She was um what is her name, the actress? And people will be screaming at me now. But she was deaf and she danced and they won. And she could feel the beats of the music and stuff. So whenever they danced, they had to have silence so she could like hear, because she couldn't hear it. She was deaf, but she could feel it completely open. Like that's why representation exists. So we can see 
people's it's it's not about shoving things down people's throats as people seem to think like it's about having those moments and enough that it opens your eyes to what other people might be having or going through or under you know understanding life and he's not stupid why wouldn't you do this stuff why wouldn't you have like someone in a wheelchair in such a, a like part of unit in such a key role and like some of those moments why wouldn't you have like someone who's uh trans in the first episode and like and seeing the relationship with a character that we know like donna you know who donna is you know her personality because you've had her in the past why wouldn't you because if you can help with representation it's primetime tv and it's sci-fi and fantasy this is the perfect place you're gonna have to name this episode Daleks and the Giggle or something, mate, because we've talked about that. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, I was about to say, back to... Uh, <laughs> back to 1982. <laughs> back, to back to the 1980s in a different world completely. Yeah. We have we have Davros as he is at the moment. Um, yeah, Turlo goes missing, like you say. And I wrote down, Turlo does the Resurrection of the Daleks set tour. All he does is wander around on his own for like that whole episode. He goes from set to set, just observing just on his own just having a look around that's all he does yeah that first story he's just like he literally that Dalek goes past him he's just there yeah yeah he's just hanging around but we then we get the army guys come in with the doctor and tegan and we have professor laird i have to say talk about her she's brilliant <laughs> i really like her <laughs> This the one with the glasses. The lady with the glasses. Oh, I loved her yeah. too. I loved her too. <laughs> I want to go dressed brilliant. as her. If I have to go to a convention, I could pull that off. I'm wearing the glasses now. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've got You're the Professor brown Lair. hair. I just need whatever. Was it like a boiler suit? It was like a big, like big coat, wasn't it? Like a. Oh yeah, yeah she, she was quite coat. dressed down. Yeah, I could she rock like that. I could do that. I could be her. It'd be the most obscure like cosplay imaginable, but I could do it. And it's weird because they're there because of these like alien things have been found, but they're not like they're like army. They're not like unit. She's not like a Liz Shaw. I, well, I suppose she is a Liz Shaw. I don't know what. It's never really explained actually why they're there. She has like really <laughs> dark moments as well. In the second one, where she's like, <laughs> "If only he drink the water," and she holds up like, <laughs> some really like dark moments. She is, yeah. And she's like, "Would you like a cup of tea?" <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> but she so is, transparent. So, so she's played by Chloe Ashcroft, who would have been known at the time. This is more like stunt casting. She was a kids' TV presenter, basically. So it's the equivalent of nowadays of having like Anton Deckard, and well, I was going to say Connie Huck as that role. <laughs> like nowadays, that's the that's when people watch it. That's who. So she, I think she is an actress, but she's more of a presenter. And I know her from right. This is before I ever watched Doctor I think this is probably the first TV programme I ever watched. Oh, here we go. As a child. It's called Pie in the Sky. Pie in the... I've heard of it. Right. So she wrote she wrote it and stars in it with her real-life husband. And it's about um, these two bakers. <laughs> they, they have, like, a, a pie shop and they're baking. And then one day this, like, UFO, like, thing comes down. And they're from the planet pie i think and they want the bakers to make pies every week and put a song in like a nursery rhyme or a song into the pie the smell of their pies and the sound of their singing carried beyond earth to outer space 
to the planet Pi. And then from out of the sky came a pie ship. A pie in the sky. Its mission, to beam a dish down to Earth to be filled with songs for the children of Pi who had none of their own. It's so bizarre, and this UFO is like a pie dish. Of course. So every week they get this alien get in contact with them and be like, "We need a, you know, we need a pie. We need a pie this week." And they're like, "Oh, what are we gonna do? What song are we gonna do?" Anyway, there's a theme, and then you have nursery rhymes and stuff, and then they make this pie, put the song in it. How did they put the song in it? Oh, they have a, a like a magic. Um, What's that? You know the little bird thing you put in the middle of a oh, pile, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. steamer? They get one of those and then it just, I don't know, it just all goes in. I don't know how. I don't know how. And then he's got a cycle with his pie to like the UFO spot. And then he and then he has the pie and it goes up UFO style off to the children of pie. It's brilliant. I mean, she I mean, she played Professor Laird great, but she created this TV show amazingly. I don't think there was that many episodes, but it's I'm from like look it 80, it's from the 1980s. But it was definitely it was sort of on when I was super young, and I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, it's you know three blind mice and stuff, and they perform it and things. Um, and then they have they do like um, what pies she looks did in the they window. Make? Well, there's um, I'm not sure actually. Just were they like traditional pies? Was it always a different pie? Well, no, it's like a pie, and then you know where they do the pastry and the shape. So if it's like three blind mice, they do like little pastry mice on the front. But then also she has pie of the week. <laughs> That's quite enough of pies in the sky. It's pies in the window I like to spy. If my pies could move, if my pies could speak, which of my pies would be pie of the week? Anyway, that is what I just love. Pie in the sky. It'll be on YouTube, I'm sure. There are a few on YouTube. But yeah, but going back to Professor Laird. So it's her and Tegan quite a lot. And yeah, Tegan gets knocked out by a Dalek. It's a pretty bad cut from just falling over. Yeah, I mean, she has that plaster on her head the whole time. I mean, and that, you know, when her leaving scene, she is sort of upstaged a bit by that massive plaster on her head. The massive plaster. <laughs> I mean, it's like, let's that. show that she's like got an injury, massive bandage on her head the whole time. And then she has to get into bed and stay there because it's so bad. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's way down by the way to this giant plaster. And like you say, it's a shame because she's stuck there then. Her and the professor, they're great characters, but they're just stuck there. They're just like, they're just trying to get out and then they do get out. But like, that's not for ages. Because the doctor goes off and then you get, I quite like the way that the army people, they're sort of replaced by the replicas. I think they could have made more of that. I think they could have as well, yeah. Like, but then just finishing off Professor Laird's story, she doesn't really do much. When she she gets shot, she's screaming and she gets like machine gunned yeah. down. I mean, no wonder Tiga wanted to leave at the end of this story. It is, you know, you can see her reason. That oh, is yeah. pretty and like harsh. I, say, I thought it fit really well. It was just because she so wasn't in the story, it was a complete surprise. And I also found it interesting when the doctor at the end was like, oh, I need to, not, not exact wording, but he's like, I need to change my ways or something. I can't remember what he, how he said it. Well, the big thing with the doctor here is he has his moment where he's like, right, I'm going to go and kill Davros. Yeah. And he gets the gun to him and obviously doesn't go through with it. What are you doing? 
Until I walked through that door, I foolishly hoped you'd changed enough for me not to have to do this. Stein! Kill him! I'm not here as your prisoner, Davros! But your executioner. That I like the scenes between him and Davros. And this Davros is great because he's got them... The mouth is moving. It's not a mask. It's a really good, well-fitted yeah, yeah. mask. The only thing I don't it like are the hands. Really well. Oh, well, he's sort of nail- he's long nails. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like the gloves that he's wearing are really obviously gloves. I don't know. I think they're all right. I, uh, I don't know. I found them a bit like annoying. The mask itself, because it moves and it feels almost animated in itself, like it yeah. feels like they put it on his skin rather than and wear a mask. It feels like pieces have been formed on. Whereas yeah. the hands are literally just silicon gloves. Mm. And they look at like the sometimes when he was pushing things and you could see it all like it's really obvious. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. The gloves really annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of it looks really good. Maybe that's why, because the rest of it's so good and then it's these shitty gloves that they do close ups mm. on and I'm like, Ugh, don't show and that. And you've got You've got, meanwhile, you've got Ruda Lenska, cat lady. Yeah. And they're, she, her and her crew are like just wandering around. As I say, she never meets the Doctor. They never interact. They never have part. They just have their own part of the story where they're trying to do the self-destruct. And then they all get killed. Yeah. And even the guy that Turlo hangs around with a bit. So he falls in with, with all of them a little bit and hangs around. They all end up dead. Everyone, like, pretty much just, everyone ends up dead. Yeah, it's funny because it's like they're not. We haven't really had that where there's no. They're not actually part of the story. They're just this complete side thing. But then I guess that's the reality t- of it. It's the reality of the things we don't usually see. Yeah, I suppose it does add to it a bit more. But it's like, well, why would you invest in all these characters and then they're just like because for that? I think it's for the impact of Tegan leaving. Even yeah, though Tegan doesn't even do them. much. When she says it, I was like, I get it. But also that bit where she's running outside and there's a guy doing the metal detector and then they just shoot him. The police just shoot. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it's, it is pretty harsh. It is quite dark. I don't think we've had this kind of dark. Not for a while. Me. I think there was a period where we did when things were a bit dark, but it's been a while. And then it's all about this virus stuff. I know Professor Laird, she's like, Pretends to make it look like Tegan's asleep in a thing. That's not going to work. Sorry, that is the worst plan ever. <laughs> it doesn't even last that long. They do it and then they just pull back the cover and it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a complete waste of time. Well, we have, yeah, after the Doctor and Davros sort of face off, then this virus is released. Oh, that was it. We have all the duplicate stuff, don't we? The Doctor's lying down. They're trying to duplicate him and they want to assassinate Gallifrey. They want to go to Gallifrey and do that. It's nice seeing all the different pictures of all the old companions. Yeah, up. I enjoyed all that. That's there nice. There was a lot of nice. Mo- That's where mm. I was like, I can't mix things up. Yes. Um, no, there's some really nice yeah. moments with that, and I'd so probably who's... rate this. I mean, I know more to talk about. I'd probably rate this a seven out of ten. Hmm. And I think yeah. part of it was that it the way it was in the two. Hmm. Who was your sort of stat- favourite sort of guest character? Oh, that nice. woman whose name I can't remember. Oh, definitely. Professor Laird. Okay. It's just, like, it's just so, yeah. but it's just such a ridiculous character. She doesn't even do that much. It's, she's just so, like, funny but dark. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was living for it. Well, well yeah, but most of my life is when the ambulance coming. Like, there was almost no threat to their situation. Like, I mean, there was, but whenever you saw just those two, it was just almost a moment of, like, relief. <laughs> like, and I didn't And then yeah, she gets killed. I and it's like, oh, she's gone. I didn't get 
when because the doctor explains straight away the Daleks are attacking da, 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 and I know they're there from the army but if if they're not unit I was like are they actually going to believe it do they actually believe it but they sort of believe straight away I know they get like killed and that straight away and then replaced but I think that always confused me that they're like actually do they believe it or not or what what do they know there's a and lot there, of oh, unknown there's in the this. Bit. there's a lot yeah. of unknown there's the bit where the Dalek mutant-y thing is in the warehouse loose and it gets on the guy's neck and attacks him. He he was at a signing, that guy. <laughs> but again, I was expecting more from that. I thought that would come back as like a... But then it's also reminded me where there's that cat. You know, where they think it's a thing and it's a cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which has reminded me. Do you know what? On YouTube, there are so many amazing live animal cams right where you can just watch them and there's one in california right where it's all like disabled cats in this home and they can't walk and they're just sort of laid out on all these blankets (laughs) and and i've just been watching those how many hours quite a bit is that what you do when you're ill because when i'm ill i watch hot ones i realized the other day i need to watch people suffering when i'm ill no, no, it's just nice to have on the background. Just check in on what the cats in California doing, the disabled cats. Send me the link, nice, send me the link. There's a nice bird table in Ohio as well that I check in on every now and then. <laughs> I just oh, and there's one, there's one. It's like the House of Raccoons, right? And they've got like a sofa, they've got a TV. It's a proper house, they've got stairs. You've got the upstairs and the downstairs. I've never seen a raccoon. They're always out whenever I tune in. I don't Is know when. night they come in? Day and night, I've checked. There's nobody there. There's the bowls out of food. There's all their furniture and stuff. Never seen the raccoons. They're always out. So <laughs> so, you missing them. Anyway, uh, it just reminded me. So there's the cat and the, the Dalek mutant thing. Okay, well, and then the, the Daleks, yeah, all the foam stuff comes out of them and yeah. there's the battle back and, and forth. But Litton, awesome. yeah. What are you thinking about Litton? He's the only one because he pretends he plays dead. And then he gets up, and at the end, he dresses up as a policeman again, wanders off, and completely out of it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed a lot of he's, stuff like that in this story. And it's I think I th- he's obviously he's obviously from the future, but he walks off in like the eighties, which I always I don't know I just couldn't get my head around as a child for some reason I don't know why it's quite simple. Um, okay, <laughs> Tegan leaving then. I mean, we have already, we've sort of mentioned it before, but I can totally get it. And she, I mean, she's been through a lot in her yeah, time. Yeah, she has. And she's been around a while. My Aunt Vanessa said, when I became an air stewardess, if you stop enjoying it, give it up. Tegan. It's stop being fun, Doctor. And she, uh, what do you think of her outfit, actually? Uh, I mean, she's still in her heels, and I, which I just think are the most impractical choice for any companion. I enjoyed the rest of her outfit. She had that like, colourful top on, didn't she? In well, the little leather skirt. I, it's probably the most practical outfit she's been in. But I mean, I suppose she couldn't have said to the doctor, "Take me back somewhere else," because they wouldn't have got there. But I mean, she's well, stuck she's out in the present and... day, isn't she? She's at least in the yeah. present day. But like, she's lost family. I mean, like, you know, she's lost her aunt. She lost that cousin. So uh, yeah, I mean, a lot has happened. Yeah, I mean, she says like a lot of good people have died today. I've had enough. She could have said that after her first story. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I was just looking up things that have happened to Tegan since. I mean, you know, she comes back for like Jodie Whittaker, but this is all the books and stuff that happened. So apparently, what happened? Well, actually, in the book of Resurrection of the Daleks, 
she leaves the warehouse and then those Lytton and the policeman are like going to get her and she jumps over and jumps on a boat on the Thames and gets away. That's like a little extra bit. She has a bit of like a flip. Like, of course <laughs> she does. As a fl- because she's never done that anyway. before. Yeah. She's kind of never <laughs> yeah. in those heels. Anyways, it says here, Tegan was left on Earth with no money, no possessions and no explanation of where she had been for three years. She returned to Brisbane using money that her family wired to her so that she might leave London and then spent several weeks travelling around the globe, dropping in on friends in Melbourne and London. Um, Then she decided to get her job back as an air stewardess and wrote a letter to the airline, which she did not receive a response to. She then left a telephone message and when she did not hear back, went to the airline offices and demanded to speak with the personnel director. Sounds like Tegan. Yeah. (laughs) She managed to get a job back and was to begin in February 1985. But she met a nice man who made her feel settled. Oh, what do you... Made her feel what? <laughs> feel settled. She met a man, basically. I thought you said sound. I was like... Oh, she ran a, her father's farm out in the outback for a bit. The doctor visited her in 1987 to reassure her that she did not have to worry about the Mara. Of course, um, yeah, yeah. Fine, okay. Um, what else? Oh, in nine, in the 1990s, Tegan answered a small advert in Time Out magazine, which called for anybody who knew what the word TARDIS meant. She went to London, where she reunited with Sarah Jane Smith, met Liz Shaw, Joe Grant, and reminisced with them over wine, although she was less positive than the others. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like Tegan. Uh, Tegan embarked on a romantic relationship uh with Michael Tanaka, a colleague of hers. However, she ended the relationship in 2006 after discovering she had an inoperable brain tumour, which she suspected was a result of her TARDIS misadventures. On her birthday that year, she was reunited with the doctor and refused his offer of travelling with her to find a a cure, telling him that she was happy with her life. Um, I think that doesn't really count because now she's back in it and that's not mentioned. So there we go. So... Again, this always happens with these companions. The books and the stuff in the 90s, they always give them some like grim outlook. <laughs> it's, I don't know why they do that. Tegan has been in it since the fourth, like the end of the fourth Doctor. We haven't had a fifth Doctor story without Tegan. I know. I know. It's been a long time. Do you think it was her time, though? Yeah. I mean, I felt it for a few weeks. But yeah, they always... And now it's just the Doctor and Turlo. Yeah. That, I think... I'm actually excited. I hope that we have at least one story where it's just a Doctor and Turlo. And I hope that they get him dressed into something else. I know, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Even like walking around with all those like troopers and the Daleks and stuff, he's still in that uniform. I know. I'd like to have a little bit more Doctor Turlo time in the same way that we've had quite, because he's sort of like this weird character of, sometimes he just gets a bit forgotten and I don't know. Yeah, and he is forgotten in this as well, isn't he? It's not. Oh yeah, he just he's just moving have... around by himself, finds people, sorts things out. Yeah, especially after and last he could week. Be when useful he had a bit more... because he's sort of a alien himself. Like I think that's what provides quite an interesting. It's a shame because actually, there's so many side characters in this that actually one of them could be taken out, and Turlo could have done quite. Yeah. A bit of okay. Well, I think this is really well directed as well. I think that's what it is. It's got a good director, good lighting, great location stuff. I think, yeah, I think it is a really strong story. So, yeah, there we go. And, well, the next story is four episodes, obviously. Obviously. Not always (laughs) obvious, but good to know. 
uh, and it's called Planet of Fire. Oh, like I said, I hope it's just a Doctor Turlow story. Um, and at most, maybe someone joins at the end. But I'm hoping we have at least one where someone doesn't. Uh, join us next time for Planet of Fire. And in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Watch Who, and you can support us at BuyMeACoffee.com forward slash Two Watch Who. Yeah. See you then. Bye. 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 Two Watch Who.